listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. This is the Rainmaking Podcast, and my name is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Our guest today is Greg Hawks. Now, I've known Greg since 2014. He is truly a world-class professional speaker, and he's also a management consultant. And his area of expertise is the area of culture. He's a culture specialist. Our topic for today is shaping environments where everyone contributes their best daily. So we're talking about your best daily. So if you're a manager of a team, this is something you need to listen to. If you've even got a small team, let's say you've got two or three people that work within your own cohort at work, this is something that is going to be worth your time. I'd even recommend listening to it a couple of times and taking notes. There's some very tactical ideas, I think, that are going to be very effective for you in helping to lead your team. I know I got a lot out of it in my conversation with Greg, and I hope that you do as well. If you've got a minute, go to Apple Podcasts, and if you can, write a nice five-star review about our show and mention Greg by name. If you got some great ideas from Greg today, make sure you mention him by name in the review. As always, this show is sponsored by Leopard Solutions Legal Intelligence suite of products, Firmscape and Leopard BI. Push ahead of the pack with the power of Leopard. Hey, this is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. I've got a special guest for us today. I've got Greg Hawks on the show. Greg, thanks for joining me on the show today. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. I sure appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely, Greg. You and I go way back, man, and you're a fantastic speaker and consultant, and I like the idea that you have a very clear mission. Tell us exactly what is that mission? Well, our mission is shaping environments where everyone gets to contribute their best daily. The idea being that, you know, how people flourish has a lot to do with the environment that they're in. And so that's why we spend a lot of time in culture, because we think the culture is the environment of a company and organizations that is their environment. And so how people show up in it has a lot to do with that environment, equally as much as how much they're able to bring themselves to it. Right, right. And so let me kind of get you some or get some working definitions here. When you talk about everyone contributes their best daily. What exactly does that mean? What is it that you envision when you talk to your clients about that? So let me say this, everybody has potential inside of them. And we live in a society today where people are talking about, I want to be the best version of myself and all that. And I'm like, listen, how you woke up today, that's as good as you get. This today is the (laughs) best version of yourself. If you don't like that, the way we achieve being our best is to get better every day. So giving people the opportunity to get better is how people get to bring their best daily. Because none of us are the best we'll ever be. Hopefully, we've not already been the best we've been, and, and now it's a downhill slide. Right, right. This, this idea of creating, I, I met a gentleman a couple of weeks ago. He had a great phrase. He said, we want to be the best at getting better. And so it's That's best, great. it's not an arrival, but it's this continual progression of how are we just getting better a little bit every day? And for individuals, it's, you know, how do I get to lean into my strengths? How do I get to be stretched by responsibility? How do I get to offer a little creativity? How do I get to play in the space that I find most fulfilling? And how are organizations designing their environment, whether it's remote, whether it's in the office or a hybrid thereof, that lets people access that? 
So let me ask you about some of those things. You said five things here I thought were pretty interesting. You talk about, you talk about, you're listening, man. (laughs) You talk about leaning into strengths, stretching into responsibility, creativity, fulfillment, and designing the environment. I think those are the chapters for your next book, right? (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. You bet. And so, so let's talk about that one by one uh, because the people that are listening, these are people that are in a business development role or they're managing people who are in a business mm-hmm. development role. Even if it's a team of two people, they still have to lead that team. I've got a small team. I've got one account executive and three support staff. It's a small team, but I'm, I'm on the hook for being a good manager and a good leader for them. Yeah. So, so let's talk about the first one. When How you, you doing talk with about, that, Scott? It's great. That? It's great. It's good when you got a good team, you know, yeah, it makes so- it easy. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> and so so when you talk about leaning into the strengths, tell me a little bit about that. What have you seen with the organizations that you consult where they have been able to effectively lean into strength? Well, here's what I would say. I would say, and you'll know this to be true, it's typically not organizationally wide. It's typically leader by leader, manager by manager, department by department, that people, because creating that culture, I have found, especially the bigger the organization, the more difficult it is to streamline some of those things, particularly in our remote world. And so the idea is leaders that take the time to know their people, whether it's a strengths finders, whether it's a disc, whether it's a colors, whether it's the, the latest numbers, one that people love, that idea of understanding people and then creating opportunities for them to access that. So lean into it. So it's like, hey, listen, if you're in accounting and you love numbers, but we're also, you know, maybe considering a new project, a new product, and you maybe have interest in maybe working some of that that's maybe not in your job definition, how do we invite you into that? So one of the ways I would say this for that is, I talk a lot about inclusion and that the idea of inclusion happens only by invitation. It's the same kind of ideas. How are we inviting people into spaces that they may not actually have in their job definition, but that they could contribute to? So that takes a little bit, it takes a lot of intentionality. Right. It also takes people knowing what people's interests are, what people's passions are, and what people are good at because people love to do what they're good at. And so assessing that, knowing that, and then having the capacity to go, we've got this project over here that's not necessarily, you know, your day-to-day responsibilities, but I think you would, could contribute to that because that's that, that's that reaching for responsibility that's not within our wheelhouse. It's not within our scope of job description. Those are the people who oddly are most fulfilled are the ones who are continue to reach for things that are beyond their scope. And it feels like it's just more work. But if you're the one aspiring to do it and utilize what's in you, then that more work actually is deepening your commitment and deepening your love for where you're at. Yeah. And then it's a little counterintuitive. You know, some people are like, I'm just so overwhelmed. It's you're just doing a lot of work that doesn't align with your best strengths. Yeah. I think that's great. It's kind of like, it's counterintuitive. One of the best ways to build friendships with people is to ask them for help. And, yeah. you know, you would think it's counterintuitive. One of the best ways to build your team is to stretch them into responsibilities in ways that lean into their strengths, which is exactly what you said, yeah. Greg. I think well, that's the only way we're going to get better. Scott, the only way we can get better is to find that place where we suck or where we maybe have some, right. we have some deficiencies. Right. And then we're like, all right, well, let's, let's push that boundary. Let's reach into that and see if it's a 
opportunity for growth or if it's just a permanent deficiency. Yeah, that's right. I like that. So, so tell me a little bit about creativity. What have you seen with organizations that you consult? Tell me a story of a, of a company where they were able to really focus on creativity. Maybe they were able to creatively lean into their people's strengths, stretch them into responsibility in a creative way. What are some examples that it's you've so, seen? That? It's so funny. I'm going to mention accountants again. And I do work with accountants. And <laughs> that's okay. We, can, we, got them, we got accountants but, listening to the show. We have, we have an accounting <laughs> firm that's now transitioned to a business. I've worked with them for a decade. Now they're wow. business advisory. Like they've evolved in their things. They're, they're a regional place, have about 350 employees, have made some acquisitions wow. over the last decade. But every year... There's four locations, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, Little Rock, Mm -hmm. and Fayetteville area. So two in Arkansas, two in Oklahoma. I'm based in Oklahoma City. And so every year we have their firm event, which if you know accounting firms, they literally, that's the title of their meeting, firm event. I'm like, that is the (laughs) most uncreative, you know, like that's it, firm meeting. We're having a firm meeting this year. I'm like, good Lord, that's horrible. But they, (laughs) we have done, Scott, you wouldn't even believe it. We have done music videos where they all sing and I go around, we create, when we've done Napoleon Dynamite, we've done these brain things where we had uh, people paint at the whole firm meeting, everyone was painting. So the firm meeting has become, like right now we're doing um, an Alice in Wonderland theme this year. So I've got the full bunny outfit. And so here's to say this. (laughs) Wait, so are you going to wear the bunny and the bunny outfit? Dude, I have a full regalia (laughs) of my nose, the thing you literally can't even recognize me. We're doing five different rooms Nice. Weirdest creation. And listen, (laughs) so I'm part of it, but there are the CEO who is an accountant. There's a partnership, but they have an org structure that has a CEO. It's not just partner led. And then a couple of the partners who over this decade, they didn't used to be partners there. It's that's it. It's a creative team. And we get together and it blows people's mind. It is the most creative meeting I've ever been a part of. And it's by a bunch of accountants wow. and, it's, and there's a lot of time given to it. Like we, we take almost a, you know, eight months in preparation and location search and all I create videos, go around and shoot stuff at all the locations. It's, it's the most unbelievable thing. I'd love to like do a decade recap. And so it's, it lets people get involved also in ways like during the firm meeting, like we use a lot of the people to be a part of, there's like, it's not accurate to say skits. Like these things are productions that we put wow. on and it's just, Everybody can't wait to see what's going to happen this year. It literally is one of those things where like, how could this get any better? And it just gets more bizarre. We, when we did, when we were in COVID, we did a two camera shoot. So I produced virtual conferences. We set it up like they, the two partners were in a basement in their mom's house doing like a pirate radio show. Right, and so right. I had like two, one. And so we had, and it was sponsored by stuff and just, Hilarious and I'd come over and the CEO and our different speakers would be like in the main stage. And they acted like they were interrupting this show. Honestly, it was like one of the most creative virtual experiences I was a part of. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. What were the outcomes that have come out of that? What have you seen in terms of people's performance? Retention, retention, retention. Here's what's so weird. That firm meeting is one of the things, because they're in four locations, right? And now everybody's living remote. So anybody that's had multiple locations, they know the challenges of how do you get people together and just feel like we're all part of this same thing. And so it nurtures this, I don't know all these people in this room, but I love the quality of people right. that I'm associated with. I love knowing that excellence is happening in other locations, in other cities, like my own personal level of 
excellence is also what these other people, and it does this like reaffirming thing, like I'm in a great place. Yeah. It is, it talk about retention, like that annual meeting for me, it's one of the best things a company can do is go, let's get everybody in the same room, particularly after the last two years, same. And we do, it's a, it's a one day event, but they come in, you know, someone from out of town come in the night before we do a dinner the night before right. at the hotel. And then we have the full day and it is such a bonding experience that really just solidifies people's commitment. I love that. So, so let me ask you this. How do we connect these dots here? How do we take everything you're talking about? We've got creative ways to get to know people. We're leaning into our strengths. We're stretching people into responsibilities. We're putting them in areas where they are fulfilled and doing the work. And then it doesn't feel like work. It's fulfillment. We're designing our environment. How does this really translate into getting people to want to do their best daily. And, and what does that mean exactly when you talk about your best daily? What does that mean? And then how do we get our people to really do that? I operate out of a philosophy, Scott, that people do want to do good work. Yeah. Like people do want to, if, if somebody's like, that guy sucks, that guy's lazy, that girl, she just shows up half-hearted. That reflects, that's as much a reflection of the environment and the leadership as it is that person. People want to do good work. So if when you start from that place and you be, if you believe that about humans, they really do want to do well because that's how they're most fulfilled. I mean, right. that's part of the great resignation was I'm not fulfilled here, even though I'm working hard, I'm doing stuff. I'm just not finding fulfillment in it. And I want to be fulfilled in my work. And the way people get fulfilled is first feeling like the mission they're contributing to, whether it's their own personal or the organization is satisfying. Second, they get to do what they think they're good at. And when they do that, it, it just has that resonating impact for it. So people's, what does best daily look like? Somebody showing up and, and saying, today I have opportunity to be better and do better. And so in a place where we get to have people have that opportunity. Because really, people can rise up to it or fall back from it. But if we create that space, more than likely, over time, we're going to attract people that right. want to contribute significantly. And people that don't, they'll get ousted or exit because those environments are also high demand. They're not like, hey, everybody just gets to do what they want to do because it feels good. No, this like it is a highly pressurized situation. But when you're in the place that you love it, it doesn't feel threatening. Right. So what are the challenges that managers today face in effectively aligning their employees' interests and skills so that they can get their people to want to do their best every day? Well, one of them is people don't know their own, what they're good at. There's a lot of people who aren't self-aware. So how do we find that out? I think there's, you know, you, you can use any test you want, your strengths finders or any of those kind of things. You, you find those and talking to people and having an understanding of where they thrive. Usually people, where people thrive is where they're going to do well. But, but so here's the challenge. The challenge is most time it's like, listen, we have work to do. <laughs> this isn't a, you know, this isn't a day camp. Like right. we got to get work done. And I don't, if it doesn't fit in your strengths, it's part of your job and we need you to do it. So please get it done. So I think what most leaders miss. So here's the challenges. How okay. do I, as a leader, connect work that they don't 
enjoy doing and maybe doesn't resonate with their spirit, how do I connect that work to an overall mission that they can resonate with? Mm-hmm. So when you say, listen, here's why your job matters. Here's what's happening at. Here's the, here's the end result, whether it's a client, whether it's an internal customer that is a shareholder that benefits from what they do. Every job has purpose. Nobody's spending a dime unless there is a meaning to that job. And most leaders aren't great at taking the mundane task and connecting it to a meaningful outcome. Right. And what we can do is then people don't have to go, oh, I love this task. You might not love this task, but can I help you align with what we're accomplishing? Do you love serving our customers that way? Do you love serving our vendors that way? Do you, do you find meaning in the end result of what we're doing or what we're creating for what's happening for other teammates, even within our own company, This how this serves our teammates? That's great. I like that. I like the idea of serving your colleagues. So what are some of the big surprises you've seen from COVID? How has COVID and people working virtually for two years, how has that impacted what you talk about with people? It's interesting. So here's what happened. On the front end of COVID, everybody rallied together. We're in this together. And whether they were all dispersed, but they all had this sense of kind of we're all going through together. It was back in the day. It was like, how are you doing? How's your mental health? We all care about each other. We were having great conversations. Like all this great stuff came from it as far as emotional intelligence and really connecting with people. Over the course of time, it devolved into the isolation that caused people to be more individually concerned about themselves than about the whole. So -hmm. that was the negative thing that happened. And that's what really led to part of the great resignation was when it first hit and everybody went, it was this collective. We're all in this together. And there was this great camaraderie, but because it went on for so long and people didn't know how to, don't know how to manage camaraderie, right? They, people felt more and more isolated and then became more self-guarded and self-minded, not self-aware, but more thinking about themselves than the whole. And so that really, that was the big hit. That's interesting. It had a great great unifying effect. And then over the course of time, because because it was hard, it's just hard to manage people this way and stay connected with people. You know, my own business, because I had clients here, I'm in the state of Oklahoma, so I had clients I did these driveway drop-bys. Literally, I had clients. I'm like, I'm going to drive to your house. I'm going to bring two chairs. We're going to sit eight feet apart and in your driveway, and we're just going to talk for 30 minutes. And so I did, <laughs> I did a whole, and I would share it, you know, I'd social media, the thing. That's and great. have like six That's or seven creative. conversations a day. I would just go, <laughs> I'd go up to Tulsa. I'd do it around here. I'd be like, I'm coming to your house. I'm going to sit out in the driveway. I'm going to bring two chairs. Let's just stay connected. And so doing that in it, you know, so there was a lot of creative ways for people to enrich relationships. It was just the length of time that the exhaustion caused people to not. Honestly, I think if COVID had been one year, there would have been such a strength of unity in organizations because of how invested people became right off the bat. And so that that was really the the bummer of it all is that it just continued on and people were just like, I'm tired and I got to start thinking about myself. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. That's very insightful. And that's an interesting way to think about that. And I hadn't really looked at it like that. And I think there's a lot of wisdom in what you said. So tell me this then, if we could take what you've talked about so far, how do we, getting people to contribute their best daily, if we could summarize this into three action steps that managers, producers, those people that even if they're not in an official management 
capacity, they still have to lead. They've got to lead their small team. They've got to lead their colleagues. What are three action steps people can take to really shape that environment where everyone contributes their best daily? One is be real clear about the values, right? That is what feeds our culture. So I would say this, pick a value. If we value creativity or we value respect or we value innovation or we value diversity, we'll pick one of your core values and lean into it that month. Say this month, we're going to magnify what this means and then have leaders share their struggles with it. Like I, there's nothing greater than a leader saying, here's what's important to us as a group of people. And here's how I have difficulty with that. Wow. So have a leader share a struggle with that. With about the values. Listen, yeah. it opens up conversations and it gives people, everyone else then the freedom to go, well, here's what I'm doing about that. Here's how I'm struggling with that here. That's when, when I do consulting, one of the big things I, they do is every week in their team meeting, particularly when we're, when we're helping define those values, I call it discovering their values because mm-hmm. they already exist. So discovering the values. Right. Every week, the team lead has to say, here's one way I had difficulty implementing our value this past week. Wow, interesting. interesting. That, thing, that opens, it, listen, it bonds people to the leader. You want to be a good leader, offer those struggles. And I have type A personalities where we're like, I don't like showing weakness. I don't yeah. like people right, knowing sure. I have struggles. Right? So there's a lot of people that just don't do that. So I'm telling you, that singularly changes the dynamic of a working relationship between a leader and their, their team. So three things. So being mindful about that. So to me, also the values helps indicate, here's what our environment is about. Two, if they just have a team like you have, say, listen, what do you think is the greatest strength you have that's not being utilized? In all of your life, what are you really great at? Outside of work, inside of work, where do you like cooking? Are you working with your kids' sports teams? Are you volunteering in your church in some area? Just tell us something that you're that you think, man, this is something I'm really good at. Right. And then let's over the next six months take a course of action that lets that show up here more frequently. That's such a great question, Greg. <laughs> that really is. I mean, this is these are simple. These are simple ideas, but I think impact. I'm a simple man, Scott. Yeah, that's great. I, I, hey, that's, I can't do complexity, man. I'm like, let's just keep it easy. And it's effective. It's effective. What right. greatest, what's your greatest strength that's not being utilized? It's that's and it's good. not easy. Let's just be clear. It's not easy because then it sets the person on the course of, I don't know, I can tell you my 10 different weaknesses I have, but right. what I'm good at, ooh, uh, uh, you know, people him and haw. And so that's part of the struggle of the leaders. Like, let's define your three best strengths. That's great. And what's our final step here? What's step three that you'd recommend? So we've got shaping of the environment. We've got talking to them to about their strengths. And then I think setting up criteria. I like criteria that says, what does it look like if we get better every day? What would that look like? I'll often say, what's a metric of commitment? Is one of my conversations. How do you measure commitment? And so in, in this frame... I would say, how do we measure us getting better? Like, what are some criteria that we would say here? Are we encouraging people? Like, are we, are we finding ways of acknowledging people's wins? Are we confronting people where they're not living up to what our expectations are? You know, so like a, maybe a full form of accountability structure that's like, this is part of how we get better every day is we deal with our suckages and we deal with our strengths and we <laughs> talk about them openly in a team setting. That's fantastic, Greg. This is fantastic. So tell us about the offerings that you have that you want our listeners to know about. I know you do speaking. I know you do consulting. Yep. Tell us a little bit more about some of those topics. And then we're going to definitely put 
all your links on our show notes today. Here's what's really exciting, Scott, is I've just expanded just last week. Nice. My new business model came on with a new website that I've involved. I have two other people on my team as speakers now. Wow. So we're wow. all culture specialists and we all focus in different areas. And so we've kind of set it up and we're all keynote speakers. And so I'm as much excited about they're a decade younger than me and they're just smart, fresh, insightful, wise. So I'm excited about kind of the Hawks Agency full offering that literally all three of us could work with organizations in different aspects, whether it's an ownership culture, whether it's DEI, whether it's creating this sound that people can can follow along and create their own beats kind of thing. So we've got all these this terminology and language. So really we talk about the human operating system. This is the way I've boiled it down. Mm -hmm. Your culture is the human operating system of your organization. So just like an iOS Different apps can work and different in all different kinds of things. Some are fun, some are serious, some matter, some don't. That's the way it is at work. And our culture creates that kind of space. And so the three of us can partner with organizations in team building, leadership excursions, keep this. Listen, the staff, all staff gathering by far, letting us be a part of the creative process of that is just so, so killer. That's great, Greg. This is fantastic. I can't wait to check out your new site. Oh, it's I'm awesome. Gonna, I'm going to have you back on the show here again later this year. I think you've got a lot of wisdom here that applies to everybody, even if it's a small team that people are leading. Thank you again for being on the show today, Greg. Oh, totally my pleasure. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.